Somebody taking the orange USB cable from my office? Still from the front door, I just cannot close that one closed.
Yeah. Yeah, I got you. I see you. I don't see me. Hold on. Are you on right now? I'm going to go sit down now. You can't see the top of his head. I can see me and I can see the bottom of your face. How about you? Okay, am I going to turn it over to you then or what? Okay, well, as you all know, this is very awkward for me to be sitting looking at uh, a cell phone camera, but we want to live the best we could. We're still working at this. But we wanted to, uh, on the crucifixion Good Friday, we wanted to share a few thoughts and a little bit of music, stay in contact with everybody, and talk a little bit about the significance of this day, traditionally. And then at 7 o'clock, we'd like to have a corporate uh, communion here, those that are here, a few of us, and in your own homes. So uh, Jeremy's going to get ready and do some uh, praise and worship. And uh, we just want to greet you all. As you all know, uh, we're the same mandate from the governor. And... Uh, until that mandate is lifted or that uh, stay at home is lifted, we're going to continue as we are with the services. Um, they're suspended, and uh, we want you to know that. We feel it's very important that we obey the law at this time and uh, see what happens at the end of the month. But uh, we're glad you joined us, those of you that can. And uh, as Jeremy gets ready for some music, uh, you know, Jesus said he came to fulfill the law. Not to make them null and void. So we're going to look at a couple of scriptures here in a few minutes and just point out okay, the day of the crucifixion and this Passover week, how Jesus fulfilled all those prophecies. Jerry, you got it, buddy.
guitar cable. All right, man, this is on the fly, praise God. Everybody hear me, give me a shout out out there. You guys got me? All right. All right, go ahead and press that button again, honey. Yeah. That's real loud. All right, so now there's that. See the button next to the red one? Same place you were at, sweetheart. There you go, press that. Oh, no, no, there you go, yeah. Press that one again. And then there should be one that says pad. I'm training some new sound techs today, and uh, you guys, guys just bear with us out there. I know, Brother Rick, you're laughing at me right now. I know. You, I'm in the thick of it, brother. Hold on a second. Let me make an adjustment here. All right. You see that, see that silver knob underneath the two? Turn that down a little bit. A little bit more. Come back up a couple clicks. Check one. All right, that's great. Let's give it up for uh, the tech crew out here. Hallelujah. All right. So you guys got me. Everything's good. We're ready to worship the Lord. Amen. I don't know how we pulled it off out there, but we're here. Glory to God. We're just going to give the Lord a shout of praise. Raise a hallelujah. Amen. been shouting at all my family trying to get this thing ready. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah, oh, our weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah, heaven's come to fight for me. Oh, let's sing that again, I raise. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. Oh, I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven's come to fight for me. Oh, I'm going to sing. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear our praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeated The King is alive I raise a hallelujah Everything inside of me I raise a hallelujah 
darkness flee. I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery. I raise a hallelujah. Fear you lost your hold on me. Oh, that's right, I'm going to sing. Because I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear our praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. Oh, I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you'll hear our praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Give you praise, Lord. sing seated above seated above enthroned in the father's love destined to die is poured out for all mankind God's only son perfect in spotless one He never sinned, but suffered as if he did. All authority. All authority. Every only son, perfect in spotless one. He never sinned, he suffered as if he did. All authority, all authority, every
you did, Lord. That's why we trust you, God. said, in this world you shall have tribulation. But we shall overcome. Hallelujah, God. Thank you. 
to you are all things. Lord, you deserve the glory. You deserve the glory. You deserve the glory. Oh, we worship you, Lord. God, we worship you. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise God. And the whole church says, Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Back to you, Pastor. Amen. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, I don't know how well this is going out, but it's Friday night, and we always pray here on Friday night from 6 to 8, just seeking the Lord's face. We've been doing it for a lot of years, and we've realized the importance of it. And uh, we wanted to share a little bit different with you tonight. We have, I think, four people here in the church, and the rest of you might be watching at home pray. Whether you can see me or not, it's not important. What's important is the message. And this Passover week, we've been observing Passover and Christ coming to Jerusalem. Last Sunday, we celebrated Palm Sunday when he was surrounded by a throng of people that shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it's funny, not funny, but it's tragic and also ironic how in five days things had turned completely around. Jesus had set his face like a flint to go to Jerusalem. His disciples had tried to talk him out of what he told them was going to happen. He told them exactly what was going to happen as he went up to Jerusalem. And when it started happening, they had a hard time believing it. They were afraid. We kind of live in a day like that today where uh, the Bible tells us things that are going to happen in the last days. And I've heard many sermons, I've preached many sermons myself, saying that we're in the last days. So when we see the things going on around us, pestilence and different things and wars and rumors of war and earthquakes, it still surprises us. But we really shouldn't be that surprised because the, the scripture, the Holy Scripture teaches us what's going to happen in the end days. For 2,000 years now, we've been waiting for the promise of Christ's return. And we stand fast on that. We look forward to that blessed hope and his appearing. We believe we've made the right choices. I want to read you a little bit out of Psalm 22, which is a prophetic psalm written years before our Savior came on the scene. And I want you to connect with the, the prophecy that goes out. David writes here, my enemy in uh, chapter, um, Psalm 22, chapter 16, David said, my enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. And on the day of the crucifixion, that's exactly what was taking place. He was surrounded by enemies like a pack of dogs. For five days earlier, he had just been welcomed in as the Messiah. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So you just see how quickly things can change how quickly the emotions and the fickleness of man and uh, those that trust in earthly things, how uh, they wanted an uh, earthly kingdom, and that was not what our Savior's kingdom was all about. It says, 
They surround me like a pack of dogs and an evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. And we know that that was the posture on the cross. His hands were pierced, his feet were pierced. He says, but I can count every bone in my body because not one of his bones was broken. Typically, on uh, when someone was crucified, they hastened the death on the cross. If they were still alive, they would come by and break their knees with a mallet to hasten their death. But when they came to Jesus, he had already died, which fulfills the scripture. They pierced my hands and my feet, but I can count every one of my bones because it was already dead. And he says, my enemies stare and quote at me. I remember uh, what the Pharisees said. He saved others, let him save himself. Let him come down from that cross. And then one of the thieves hanging on the cross echoed them sentiments. I'll talk about that in a second. But it said, my enemies stare at me and they gloat. They divide my clothes among themselves and they throw dice for my garments. Now remember, this was a, a prophecy, Psalm 22, way before it happened. And our Savior came to fulfill the scripture, the promise of the Messiah, according to Isaiah 53, many references in the Old Testament. Every prophecy was fulfilled. We're waiting on some to happen. Uh, last day's prophecies. But when they, after they cast, I said, they, they took him to a place called Calvary or Golgotha, the place of the skull, and they crucified him. And after he was crucified, it says they cast lots or they rolled dice for his garments. They wanted to divide his garment. They stripped him of everything worldly that he had. The last thing that he gave up was his garment. But Jesus from the cross said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And I think of the state we're in today with different things going on around the world and the country and the virus and everything else and uh, the way man conducts himself and all the promises that governments can make and, and man can make. But all those promises come to naught usually when something starts happening. And so when things start happening that we don't understand, we need the Lord's forgiveness because he, he came to save that which was lost. And through these times, we really don't know what to do. Uh, those in authority over us, they're grasping at what to do also because this hasn't happened before. But when we don't understand things, we go to the one stable thing that we know to be true, and that's the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. There were three crosses on that hill that day. Jesus was in the middle, and there was a thief on either side. There was two points of view, three crosses, two points of view, and one solution. And I'd like to run through these uh, quickly here. There were two thieves. What happens in our lives, according to the gospel, for God sent his son not into the world, not to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. It's, it's a picture of salvation and eternity. The one thief uh, mocked him, and he was living still in the natural, even though he knew he was attached to a cross, and his, his hope, earthly hope, was gone. There was nothing left. He was doomed. He wasn't coming down off of that cross. Both thieves knew that. The one thief, 
He said, if you're Jesus, if you're God, if you're the Messiah, then get us, save yourself and save us. Get us down from this cross. He was still looking at an earthly kingdom. He hasn't made the transition from earthly to eternal. And in our lives, whether we reject the cross, which means we're, in a way, we're saying to God, what you did to purchase our eternal salvation, we reject that because we're more worried about our own bodies, the, the, the earthly things, the worldly things. But the other thief said this. He said, don't you fear God? We're all in the same situation right here. He recognized that he was facing death too. But he made that transition from an earthly understanding of his crucifixion to a eternal understanding. And that's a, that's a, uh, a transition that we all need to make. Uh, we have the same choice today. We're all upset about the things that are going on in the world. And there's not a whole lot we can do about it. When they hung on that cross, that was pretty much over. But even to the last second, our Savior gives us the choice of whether we accept him and his sacrifice or whether we gloat over him and mock him and say, well, this can't be God. This, this can't be. You know, even one of the Roman centurions, after he saw all the things that took place on that day, said, surely this was the Son of God. And so as we come to this observance of, of Passover and the crucifixion, we may, each need to realize in our hearts that eternal things, earthly things are important, but the most important thing is our, our eternal salvation and what takes place. So there were three crosses. There were two points of view. The, the, the thief that cursed God or didn't accept him and was looking, uh, his focus was still on his body, on the earthly things, where the other had made the transition and his was his focus had shifted from he was a thief and thieves usually are pretty worried about material things and earthly things. But the other one had made the transition to where his focus was on the eternal things. Two different points of view, but only one solution. Three crosses, two points of view, one solution. The one solution was accepting Jesus Christ for who he said he was. He will say, he'll tell you who he is, and he'll do what he says he will do. So we have many crosses in our life, many things we don't understand, and we can all look at them in churches. We can have one word with two different ways of seeing things, two different points of view. But the only thing that really matters is what did Jesus say, how did he fulfill Scripture, and what comes next? Well, it's interesting, he was crucified in the middle, traditionally, of those two. And to me, that signifies that he's the bridge between unbelief and belief, between an earthly focus and an eternal focus. And with these things going on around us now, I think God is giving us all a time, a time to maybe focus in on more eternal things than earthly things. We can't change what's going on around us. We have no power to change it. We can obey the mandates of the governors and the president, which we, we respect here at Christian Life Center. But at the same time, we need to take stock that one day we're going to come to the end, just like those thieves on the cross had come to the end. And what will be our reaction? What do we do with Jesus?
Jesus was the bridge between two different beliefs. Jesus was the bridge and is the bridge between a life that was focused in on earthly goods and a life that came to the end that realized that there was only one, one way, and that was the blood of Jesus. Jesus, uh, we talked about kingdoms. People of Israel wanted an earthly kingdom. They thought the Messiah was going to set up a, an earthly kingdom. And the thief that said, that repented and said, don't you fear God, even in the mess we're in right now, he looked at Jesus, and he, something that I hadn't seen too many times before, but it just came into focus when he said, Lord, he got off on the right foot there by calling him Lord. He said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. Or remember me when you come into your kingdom. In other words, he had a full recognition that Jesus' kingdom was not of this earth. It was an eternal kingdom. And you know what the Lord said to him? He said, I, in the New Living Translation, he said, I assure you, I assure you, I guarantee you, I assure you that today you will be with me in paradise. No matter what kind of life he had lived, they were all in the same situation, but one attitude offered eternal life, the other attitude offered eternal separation from the Savior who was right there in the midst of them. He was the bridge. And he still today is the bridge that needs to be spanned between unbelief and earthly belief and walking into eternal life. I like what he said to that thief. He said, I, I assure you, and by believing in Jesus Christ and partaking in the Lord's Supper, he said, when you do this, do it in memory of me. So we do show the Lord's death till he comes because we identify with the cross, where some people reject that and teach that there's many different ways to heaven. Our Bible teaches that there's only one way. He's the door. He's the shepherd. He's the savior. He's the one that shed his precious blood that we might be lifted up and sit in heavenly places with him. I have a heavenly place reserved for me because I accepted that bridge from lost to found. And he was that bridge. And as he said to that thief, I assure you today, that's the word that we can stand on. We've seen so many things change in the last couple of weeks, month, and I don't think the changes are over with yet. I don't know what normal is going to be after all this is over with. But I do know that there's as much as things change down here that the word teaches us that his word will never change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he stands in our midst. The scripture teaches it. Wherever two or more are gathered together, he's in our midst. We have four people here tonight, and I believe many of you watching out there. But he is in our midst. And by our acceptance and recognition of what he did for us, we know that he assures us that we have eternal life. I am sure of that thing. I don't know what new edict is going to come out tomorrow or in the next couple of days. The goalposts continually move. That's one thing about man's promises. It's hard to uh, trust in what man says all the time because man always moves the goalposts. But the word of the Lord is settled forever in heaven. Those goalposts have never moved. And they will never move because the foundation is God's word. 
and it is true and it is firm. And all his promises, the scripture said, are yea and amen. So as we observe the Lord's Supper tonight, I want you to think about him fulfilling that prophecy. There's a few more prophecies that are going to be fulfilled. But I know one day he's coming back for those that have called him Lord and have made plans to enter into his eternity. We treasure the, the promise of eternity in the presence of God. I prefer that much more than an eternity of lostness because I rejected the bridge. He was the bridge. He is the bridge. And he will be the bridge between man and God. So just remember that you have that assurance today. We're going to move into the Lord's Supper now. If you all would like to join us, I don't know what time it is. I told everybody 7 o'clock. Is that what time it is? Perfect. Well, let's continue then. I'm going to read uh, out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It's the institution of the Lord's Supper. This is something that, that the Lord told his disciples to do the night before he was crucified. We still do it today. We do it here every Friday night. And in the first Sunday of every month, we do it because we recognize the significance of it. Paul wrote these words to the Corinthian church, which was a new church. Back then, when the letters were written, uh, Paul's letters, we need to realize that they were new Christians. They had all just come to an acceptance of the cross. And as Paul did his missionary journeys throughout the earth or throughout the Mediterranean, we forget sometimes that these were new Christians that had to be taught exactly what they were supposed to do because they didn't know. They didn't have the advantages that we have and the assurance. They had the same assurances, but they didn't understand it like we understand it today. And I think it's a great privilege today that we can come together, whether you're here or you're remotely, and, and celebrate the Lord's Supper because that's our recognition. And Paul Paul is saying here, for I have received of the Lord that which I deliver to you. That the Lord Jesus, for the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. I'm just thinking real quick, another. We, we sometimes are pretty confused about what's going on in the world. And the disciples at that time were probably pretty confused, too, as what was going to happen. We look at them sometimes as they, they only had the promise of Jesus to stand on. And 2,000 years later, that's the promise that we had. But it says he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He broke the bread, which signifies his body. And he said, take and eat. For this is my body. This is my body, which is broken for you, and this do in remembrance of me. And today, tonight, we're still doing that. Because he says in verse 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. In verse 25, after the same manner, he also took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup... Is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
So that's what we're remembering. I'm going to invite those that are here tonight to come and get a, a piece of bread, if you would, and stay separated here. And the cup. I want to read on just a little bit farther. He said, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're showing that you agree with Calvary. You agree with that sacrifice. You agree with the blood. Passover was when the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. And the Lord had told Pharaoh, he said, let my people go. And he wouldn't let him go. His heart was hardened. He's an earthly king. He didn't understand spiritual things. And the Lord had sent plagues in and different things that they didn't understand. We're kind of going through that today. But he told the people, he said, you know, I pretty much had it with Pharaoh now. His heart's so hard, I can do nothing with him. So I'm going to send a death angel through. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to get a lamb, spotless lamb. And I want you to shed his blood and spread it over the doorpost of your house. And when that angel comes through, the land of Egypt. When he sees the blood, he'll pass over you and your household. This is an extension of that. We recognize the blood. When he sees the blood on the day of judgment, when he sees the blood, then the judgment will pass over us. We're not appointed to judgment. <laughs> we've been forgiven of our sins because we've applied the blood to the doorposts of our hearts. There was a spotless lamb then. There, he is the spotless lamb now. He had to be spotless to take our sins away, which he did. And we identify with that. Verse 28 says this, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. So we take a second right now, corporately together here, as we just examine ourselves. Let's take the bread together. And the cup. Now, we've looked at a little bit of prophecy tonight, how the Lord fulfilled prophecy. But there's one part we haven't looked at yet. Because according to Scripture, in a couple of days, something else is going to take place. <laughs> and that's when Jesus is risen from the dead. The resurrection is so important. He's not a dead God. He's an alive God. He's not on a cross. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's making intercession for us. And he identifies us by our acceptance of the Passover lamb and the sacrifice that Christ made. There was sadness in the disciples. 
They didn't know what to do. But they stood on the promises of God. And then after he ascended into heaven, he told them, he said, I want you to go tarry in Jerusalem. Wait, I know things are confusing, but you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you're going to be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to the othermost parts of the earth. Because they waited, because they obeyed, and because they understood after they experienced it what the cross meant. They went into all the world. And 2,000 years later, we're going, we're doing, because they taught us how. And what's the unshakable truth? Kingdoms have risen and kingdoms have fallen. Many changes have come. Many dark times, many diseases, many plagues, many wars, many earthquakes. But there's one thing that still stands true, and that's the word of the Lord. And we invite you tonight, this evening, if you don't know Jesus Christ, that you accept that sacrifice on Calvary, just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is the Son of God. He was crucified, dead, and buried. But on the third day, he's going to rise again. So thank you for joining us tonight. I know we stumbled around a little bit. Let's pray. Lord, in times like these, we really don't know any more than we did before. <laughs> and Lord, let us turn our focus from the earth to the eternal. Lord, I thank you so much tonight for what you did for each one of us. You did it for the two thieves. You did it for the one on the left and the one on the right. One was so close. One was so close. And the other made the right transition. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And we thank you for that assurance. Fanny Crosby wrote a hymn that said, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir salvation. I was reminded as I was walking today about the song, The Old Rugged Cross. And the lyrics to that are just amazing. It was written years and years ago. But the truth of the cross and the truth of what Jesus did never changes. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. But I love that old cross where the dearest and blessed for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies, my earthly things, I lay down. And I'll cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that. Here at Christian Life Center, we pray a blessing comes out of the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 6, 24, 25, and 26. God wanted the children of Israel to be blessed in this way, and it still works today because the blessings of the Lord don't perish. His promises go on and on and on. And he said this, Lord, bless and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. I can't think of anything more in this Passover uh, resurrection season than having the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and keep us in peace. You know, the Bible says there's a peace that passes all understanding. And in times like these, that's what we need. There's one place to get it. And that's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior.
God bless y'all. Love y'all. My wife's giving me hand signals. I don't know what it means. Jeremy, you got it, buddy. Thanks for putting all this together. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in today. And uh, we'll keep you updated. And uh, we're getting better. Praise the Lord. Thanks for your patience. And that was a good word from Pastor. And um, like he said, man, you guys just be blessed and have a great night. Take care of your families. And uh, Catherine and I and the kids here, we just greet you all in the name of the Lord and say have a great night. We love you. God bless you.